it somehow. Is that better? So I was just saying that it's been a while since I preached in front of a church. Um, normally I'm sitting in front of a four or five people, maybe preaching in another language, or um, sometimes it's just our team. So um, if I ask questions that I expect you to answer, <laughs> um, it's because of that. Um, so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 4. Uh, we're going to read the first five verses and yeah, just as we come to this passage, um, the reason that I was thinking about this passage is uh, as we've come from Tajikistan, we uh, have seen the impact of a, a community that really uh, places an importance on uh, on community and uh, not just being an individual, but being someone within the community and, and the, the structures of authority within the community are very rigid and, and very important. And there are certain aspects about that that I feel like are really important for for us, especially as we come to the holiday season. Um, it's really important to remember that uh, there's, there's an importance to accountability uh, as we're, yeah, enjoying more free time, um, spending more time with family. Uh, there's, I think there's lots of opportunities to, to not be living the way that we should be living. And, and when we establish authority in our lives, it's, it's really helpful, um, helpful for us to, yeah, to be living out the gospel. So those are the thoughts that um, I've had as, as we come to this passage. So this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. Let's pray. Lord, we just come before you and are very thankful for this time of year. Thankful that we can um, be with family and uh, spend time together in your presence. And we just pray that as we think about uh, yeah, your authority in our lives and the ways that we need to be living our lives with uh, with your authority in our lives. We pray that you would yeah, just reveal in our hearts the things that need to be revealed, uh, confirm in us the gospel truths, uh, the ones that bring light and life to our lives. And we pray that you would yeah, just bless this time as we think about your word and uh, receive from you. Thank you for your presence with us and that your spirit is moving among us. And we thank you for the power that that brings to us to, to carry this out into the world. I just pray that you would empower us to do that this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Corinthian church um, was struggling with uh, an issue of authority. Uh, they had been uh, talking about this person is more important over that person. And it's, um, 
there are probably multiple reasons why they were they had come to a place where they were uh, doing that. But I, I do believe that one of the reasons was because they had an issue with authority, um, because it's so easy for us when uh, we don't like what someone is saying in our lives to just get out from underneath that authority and go find someone else. Um, our children do it all the time, right? <laughs> if mom doesn't say what I want, then I can go to dad. Um, and, and we do it in our churches too. Uh, we have yeah, times when we receive from authority something that, that, that it's maybe some conviction in our lives that needs to be dealt with, and we decide not to listen to that authority and choose another church. It's unfortunate, but um, do any of us have someone in our lives who we will do anything that they tell us? I think about my own life, and I think there's probably not many people, <laughs> uh, if any, that I would do everything that they told me. Um, it's unfortunate. I mean, I realize that we, we say, yes, God is the authority. He's the one that I will do everything that he says. But then the tendency of our hearts is to, even what God says, we tend to want to receive it the way that we want it, rather than receive it the way that he wants it. And it's been happening from the beginning. Uh, we know that in the, in the garden, this is exactly what happened uh, when Eve was confronted with uh, do you really want to obey this authority? So there's a, um, a commentator on 1 Corinthians talks about the 1 Corinthian church, um, and he says this about, um, about the book. If Paul were to write a letter to the evangelical Bible-believing churches of late 20th century America, I believe it would be much like 1 Corinthians. Their world was like our world, the first, the same thirst for intellectualism, the same permissiveness toward moral standards, the same fascination for the spectacular. And their church was like our churches, proud, affluent, materialistic, fiercely eager for intellectual and social acceptance by the world, doctrinally orthodox, but morally and practically conforming to the world. So, yeah, I feel like our churches in America are much, very similar to the First Corinthian church. Uh, we, we struggle with uh, having authority in our lives. We struggle with times when authority points out something in our lives when, that needs to change, and uh, we choose to ignore it or choose to change authority because of it. American individualism uh, and power distance, I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but um, there's this uh, cultural aspect of power distance uh, that talks about how how close one sees themselves to power, to the, the authority. And so uh, maybe a picture that... Um, so high power distance, you would have the authority as this huge figure and the people as this very small figure. Um, and low power distance is all of the you know, the, the people that are under authority and the authority are all equal. Um, so, and I, I feel like American, America is a very low power distance country, um, and uh, they see 
when when you establish authority among a group, it's it's a group authority rather than having one person who's elevated. Uh, places like Korea um, or other a Asian nations uh, would be high power distance where the authority is very high and uh, to be obeyed and to to be listened to. Um, and as we, you know, there's not anything wrong with either one of those, um, but there are tendencies and there are temptations uh, in both of those. Um, and, and so as we think about the American individualistic society with the, the low power distance, it's easy for us to, to see why Americans are very eager um, to yeah, disregard authority and disregard people who are challenging things in their lives. Um, and it's, it's also something that is increasing um, as we think about the, uh, the upcoming generations. There is a, an increasing distrust in institutions and, and authorities. Um, you know, things like just uh, the, the idea of whistleblowers. I think this is something that is a good indication of, of this aspect where uh, people are very willing now to point out the negative aspects of authority. Again, whistleblowers are not, are not bad, but um, it just indicates that um, there's, there's also abuse there too, um, that people don't like authority in their lives and they're, they're wanting to get authority out of their lives. Uh, there was a, a study done um, in the, the Pew Research Center, um, and it was, they were measuring trust among people. And um, so that there was this, this chart was showing the answers to, uh, you could have low trust, you could have medium trust, or you could have high trust. Uh, and this uh, chart was showing that the, the younger generations were much less likely to have a high trust of other people. Um, and the, as, as the older you got, the um, so so just for example, the um, it was only 18 to 25 year olds. It was only 11 percent that had high trust of others, and 37 uh, percent of 65 plus. So it's still not great, but it does show uh, this aspect that um, yeah, there is an increase in the way that uh, people regard authority. And um, if you can't even trust the person next to you, why on earth would you trust uh, the person who's over you? Um, yeah, this, this has an impact on our, our, our understanding of authority. Um, you know, I, everything from uh, how that impacts the way that we interact with each other um, to the ways that we interact in our home. Uh, we all know that the, the lines of authority begin in the home and that's a lot of a lot of what's going on in our society is because there is no establishment of authority in the home and so again as as one begins to get older why on earth would they entrust authority later on in life if they had no good authority in in their home um Again, as I think about Tajikistan and America, there's a huge contrast. Uh, this idea of obedience to parents uh, is just a huge contrast between uh, the way that a Tajik person or Uzbek person will obey, obey their parents. Um, you know, 
again, this not always a good good thing. Uh, but if if so, my my son Jamin is here. Um, if if I asked him not to buy the, a truck um, as a Tajik or Uzbek parent, as you know his age right now, if I asked him as an American, he'd be like, "Well, I'll think about it." <laughs> but if I if I was a Tajik or Uzbek parent at this at this relationship, there's no way he would do it um, because they have that much respect for their parents um, and they have a very strong bond with their parents and um, so their parents have a high authority in their lives. Um, I think the other the other aspect that comes to mind as we think about the aspect of authority is just the way that the pandemic impacted this. Um, you know, the, the ways that we shut ourselves into our homes um, and uh, got away from society. I think it, it encouraged this aspect of getting out from under authority because when you're in your home, you're your own authority. Um, you know, it's so hard to, for a teacher to keep track of what's going on with a student behind a screen. Um, I'm sure you heard about the, you know, the times when students would put up the picture um, so that the, the teacher couldn't even see what they were doing uh, behind the picture. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a time in America when uh, the challenges of authority uh, are are very real and uh, should be. Uh, as we think about it, we can think about how in our own lives we also have this same tendency in our hearts to to want to get out from under authority, uh, to want to uh, rid ourselves of God speaking into our lives. So we're gonna we're gonna look at this passage and I want to ask um, a few questions of the passage. The first question is just thinking about why should we regard authority in our lives? Um, and as we think about the passage, um, the first verse, we realize that uh, God is the one who has established authority. Um, if we look again at the, that verse, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Uh, and, and we know that uh, this is talking about Paul, uh, who is an apostle, an established authority by God, um, and he is a servant of Christ, uh, a steward of the mystery of God, one who uh, God has established as authority over the Corinthian church. Um, God is the one who has established his authority. Um, and as we, yeah, as we think about these different aspects of authority, I think it's it's also not just a an aspect of thinking about our own submission to authority, but also we realize that we are also in positions of authority, um, and uh, most of us have uh, come to a place in our lives where we're in authority over somebody. Uh, maybe it's our children. Maybe it's um, uh, maybe it's someone that we're watching. As, as a babysitting job, you know, there's all kinds of aspects of authority that we have in our lives. And so that's the application of this, I feel like, needs to be applied to both aspects, not just our own submission to authority. Um, so authority is established by God. The second thing that we see is that, um, that authorities are supposed to be faithful servants. Um, and it, it's a... Uh, we see that in um, in verse two, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Um, 
And so as we're, yeah, as we're thinking about authority, um, it's important to think about uh, the, the aspect of being faithful. Um, not all of us have been given authority in our lives that is faithful. Um, and, and when that does come about, I think it's important um, to realize that uh, there, there are times when God has, has called us to, to not listen to authority. Um, and, and yet, uh, the majority of the time, God has established that authority in our lives, and we should be obedient to that authority. Um, I just think about uh, Joseph and his situation as I think about um, authority in a life that uh, was challenging to obey, and yet he was still obedient. There was a, um, you know, there was a, a blessing in that obedience, even though the authority over him was not necessarily the most godly authority. Um, so this aspect of, of being a, a servant um, comes out in verse 1 there. Uh, as servants of Christ and stewards of, mystery, stewards of the mysteries of God. So as we think about that, uh, that idea of being a servant, um, the Greek there um, is the, the actual translation of that is under rower. Um, I won't try to pronounce the Greek word. Um, but it's it's the literal translation is under rower, and that's um, what comes to mind is the um, the people that were, you know, the Roman warships uh, that were underneath the 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 ship rowing rowing the boat, um, and so this is the kind of uh, servant. This is the kind of authority that God has is is calling for, um, someone who is uh, who is an under rower. Uh, someone who is going to listen to God and do exactly what he is calling them to. Um, and I know that, yeah, not all of the authorities in our lives act as if they were under rowers. Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of pride in authority, um, and they don't see themselves as a servant. Um, and yet, if we are in a position of authority, this is what we're called to. We're called to be someone who is is listening to the beat of the drum, you know, row, row, row. Uh, and that's uh, that beat of the drum is God, the one who's beating the drum. So we need to listen to what he's calling us to. Um, and sometimes it's not the most popular decision or the most favorable decision, but um, yeah, if God is, is calling us to it, then uh, we, can, we can do it with confidence. And... If we're on the other end, receiving that unpopular decision, uh, we can trust that this is someone who's a servant. Uh, God has established that authority in our lives, and we can listen to it because uh, they are the servant of Christ. They are also stewards of the mysteries of God. Um, What exactly is a mystery of God? Well, this is the gospel. Um, uh, one of the commentaries that I was looking at um, was listing out all of the mysteries of God. Um, there's, um, I don't know how many, one, two, three, four, 13 mysteries that they, they identified throughout the, um, throughout the Bible. And I'll just name a few of them. Uh, so the kingdom of heaven is a mystery of God. Um, Israel's blindness uh, during this age, uh, the church 
as being the body of Jews and Gentiles. Uh, the church is Christ, the, the bride of Christ, uh, Christ living in believers. So these are the mysteries that, uh, and this is, this is basically the gospel. Um, and this is what authorities are established uh, to bathe themselves in, to be, um, yeah, to be those who, are, uh, who know the mysteries of God and who are living their lives according to the mysteries of God. And an authority that is doing that well is an authority that we all want to be obedient to and will willingly submit our lives to. So, yeah, we're just, as we've thought about the... Um, now, why we should we should have authority in our lives? We can also think about um, how we should be interacting with the authority in our lives. How should we be regarding? As this passage uh, uses that word to regard, um, this is how one should regard us. It says. So, what does it look like to regard authority in our lives? Um, the first thing that stands out is uh, without judgment. As you think of yourself in relation to authority, how quick are you to judge that authority? Um, I know that it's it's really easy for me to, yeah, to to judge the things, the decisions that are made by the authority in my life. Um, you know, we all have, we are all very quick to to think to talk about the decisions that the president makes, the decisions that the the government makes. And we're very judgmental of what they do. Um, and yet, you know, they are not necessarily the established, um, they are not servants of Christ necessarily, uh, or stewards of the mysteries of God, but um, they are in authority over us. Um, and so as we think about being in relationship to those in authority over us, it's, it's important for us to be careful with our judgments. Um, and yeah, as we, uh, as we, um, yeah, just think about the idea of judgment. Um, so there's there's different aspects of judgment that we see in this um, in this passage. Uh, so Paul says, "But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you, or by any human court." Um, but in, fa in fact, I do not even judge myself. And so this uh, highlights different aspects of judgment. Uh, one is, you know, those around us um, are, are there and they're judging. Uh, those who are under us are judging us. Um, and so this is one aspect of judgment. Another aspect um, is uh, just, you know, he talks about the human court uh, there is the law, uh, and this this aspect is is um, an aspect that you know the courts um, are are there to they are established to judge as well. Uh, oftentimes they, you know, in this in this land can be very corrupt and uh, not judging the way that they should. But uh, if 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 they are uh, living according to what the God, what God says then their judgment can be accurate. The other aspect that this uh, talks about is uh, this conscience. Um, I, I do not even judge myself, he says. 
this is another aspect of judgment in our lives that um, can, can at times be very helpful for us. Um, we think about our own conscience uh, and the judgment that it brings. Um, it, it lets us know when we're wrong, if, we're, if our hearts are soft and we're listening to uh, the Lord's Spirit within us. Um, there is definitely a difference between the Spirit of God within us and uh, the conscience, um, our fleshly conscience, because sometimes those are, those are at odds in our lives. Um, they're not, yeah, they're not saying the, the same things. And so as we think about the, the judgments that come in our lives, um, the conscience can be a helpful aspect. Um, but ultimately, we know that the, the, the full judgment is left to God. God is the one who's going to judge, and his judgment is going to be perfect, and he's the one that we should leave judgment to. Um, and so as we're in a place, uh, if we find ourselves in a place of uh, wanting to rebel against authority and wanting to judge the authority over us, uh, maybe not accurately judge the authority over us, uh, we can remember that um, there are proper channels of judgment that God has established, um, and those channels uh, we can leave to, to God using to judge the authority over us. We don't have to, to try and take it into our own hands. We can allow God to do the judging, um, and he uses different means to do that, um, whether it's people around the authority who are um, uh, at the same level of the authority, or it could be courts, or their own conscience. Um, oftentimes, we're uh, yeah, we feel at a loss as to how to um, get out of a situation if we have an authority over us who is not making wise decisions. We feel like we have no power; uh, we're unable to do anything. But this is making it clear that there are plenty of ways that God can use. Uh, can judge, bring judgment into someone's life. And as we um, think about the power of prayer, this, this, this is our motivation. Uh, if we have an authority over us who is not living their life the way that they should, we can be praying that God will bring uh, judgment in their life. So what's really amazing to me is that we see a humility here uh, in Paul that... Um, that stands out. It says, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. So, um, a lot of the proud leaders that that we've encountered in this world, uh, we we probably probably wouldn't hear that from, uh, because, yeah, they feel like they're right, and that's it. But um, what Paul is willing to say is that. You know, I, I think I'm doing everything that's right, but the Lord is the ultimate one that's going to decide. Uh, I'm not thereby acquitted because the Lord is the one who judges. Um, another aspect about uh, this judgment. Um, so we're we need to be careful with our judgment, but we also need to be um, we also need to be patient because uh, God is the one who will judge. And sometimes it's not today. 
sometimes it's years down the road, um, and yet God will uh, be the one who judges. It says, um, Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time. Uh, that, that aspect of before the time. Um, it takes time sometimes for us to, uh, yeah, to allow God to work. Um, and yet he is faithful. And if, if there's something, if there is an authority in our life who is not living up to God's standards, we can be patient that he will, uh, he will deal, with, uh, deal with it in the end. So the, we've, we've thought about um, just yeah, regarding authority in our lives, uh, the reasons why we should do it and how we should do it. Um, and now I just want to think a little bit about um, the end result. Like if we're able to do this well, what happens? Um, so Paul says the purposes of our hearts will be exposed um so as a as someone who's in authority uh Paul knows that uh, there will be a time when his the purposes of his heart will be exposed uh, and if we find ourselves in in authority uh we will be held accountable um and as someone who's under authority we also know that that person who's in authority over us will be held accountable uh that the end judgment that we're all looking forward to, um, we know that that's when God will judge the world, and we will all, yeah, we will all be held accountable for the things that we've done. And yet, we know that um, for those who are believers in Christ, uh, the things that we have done uh, will be. Uh, counted to us as righteous because of what Christ has done and not because of what we've done. And so maybe you've been in a, a position of authority where you've abused that authority and you think, I'm not looking forward to that judgment. Um, but yeah, Christ is the one who was able uh, to have full authority without any abuse. And he was the one who was able to fully submit uh, to God, fully submit to his will. And so uh, his righteousness for both those who are in authority, who have abused that authority, or those who are under authority and had said, forget this authority, I'm not going to listen to what they say. I know a lot of children um, who have come to a place in their lives, It's it's a healthy process for a a teenager to go through to become autonomous. Um, and yet there's a lot of times when teenagers in that process of becoming autonomous, uh, they take a wrong step and they say, this thing, these things that my parents have been saying, uh, this religion that they believe in, it's, all, it's not for me. I don't need any of that. Um, and yeah... They, they take a, a wrong path in that. They, they rebel against the authority. Uh, and uh, it's, it's interesting in Scripture that um, 
the aspects of being obedient to your parents is is one of those things that's listed with really grievous sins. Um, I think it's in where was it Romans? Yeah, Romans one twenty nine to thirty one. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. You kind of stop and go, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not that bad, is it? But we know that it is in God's eyes. Um, and we know that in the commandments, uh, that's the one that has the promise of living long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Um, and so that that aspect of, of being obedient to authority, uh, there is a blessing in that. Um, yeah, children being obedient to parents, there's an amazing blessing that can be that can be received. Um, so one, it brings judgment. Uh, the purposes of our hearts will be exposed. That is judgment in the end. Uh, but the other thing is that we will receive our co- commendation from God. Um, and it's, again, for those of us who have who have received Christ as our Savior, um, he is the one who will supply God's praise. That commendation is, it can also be translated as praise or applause. Because uh, in the end, God is going to praise us and applause us uh, for being people who were willing to submit to authority, being people who uh, were in authority in, in ways that uh, represented God faithfully. So as we um, come to an end here, uh, and we think about this aspect of being obedient, uh, being under authority, and being uh, humble and submissive to that authority, um, there was a a post on X this morning that I saw. Um, it was a picture of the Korean Peninsula, and it's it's a very contrasting picture. It's uh, it shows it's it's from a very long distance away. You see the Korean Peninsula, and and you see half of it is North Korea, of course, and the other half is um, is South Korea. Um, and I'm just going to look up real quick here the what Elon Musk, this, this is a post from Elon Musk. Um, just look real quick what, what he says about the, um, what he says about the, the picture. I, I'm assuming he probably pulled it from somewhere else, uh, but he was the one that commented on it. So he says night and day difference, that the picture connected with the picture, it says, crazy idea, let's divide a country into half capitalist and half communist and check on it 70 years later. And you probably can't see it, but um, you've got one half that's just full of light and the other half that's just extremely dark. Um, and, and Elon Musk is uh, contributing this to capitalism, uh, but I think that he's missing the point um, because that's not truly uh, what is going to save mankind. It's not capitalism. But I, do, I can declare to you that the, the South, South Korea has amazingly vibrant churches. Um, we work with South Koreans in Tajikistan, and they are amazingly godly people. And um, the things that they 
you know, every, every society has its problems, but like within our own organization, uh, they are the, the number one sending country right now. Um, we're an international organization and from all over the world. And Korea is the, is the number one sending missionary sending country right now in our organization. Um, so that the church is very vibrant in, in Korea. Um, and I think that's, that's what Elon Musk is missing, is that the church is there and the church is bringing this light. Uh, people who are listening to the gospel, who are looking at the mysteries of the gospel and uh, yeah, living their lives according to those mysteries and um, yeah, directing their lives according to that. Um, and of course, <clears throat> it's not about, this isn't necessarily about leadership either because you know, Korea is one of those countries that has very high, um, high power distance. Uh, Koreans, uh, if if the father, if the president, if if somebody in authority says something, you do it. <laughs> There's no questions asked, um, and 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 yet, the, the uh, in North Korea it's the same way, um, except a very dark. Uh, contrasting way. Um, that's not the kind of thing that Paul is talking about here. It's not the kind of leadership style that Paul is talking about. It's not the leadership that has, uh, is, a, is, is faithful and a steward of the mysteries of God. Um, so there is, there is obedience to authority uh, in, in different ways, um, and yet God has called us um, and called us to be obedient to authority and to be authority who, who are uh, handling the mysteries of God well, being faithful servants. Um, and when we do that well, we represent our Savior who has done that perfectly for us. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we have rebellious hearts that do not like having people tell us what to do that do not like people pointing out the areas of weakness, the areas of sin in our lives. Uh, and we, yeah, we, we just cry out for your spirit to keep us humble, uh, to help us to be people who are in positions of authority representing you faithfully, people who are under authority, who uh, are willing to be obedient, to listen to to, to your word through, through authority. We ask, Lord, for the power of your spirit to help us to do these things. We thank you that Jesus has done them perfectly for us. We thank you that uh, in the end, when the judgment does come and the secrets of our hearts are revealed, that uh, they will be revealed as perfect because of Jesus, uh, that he will... Uh, yeah, display us as righteous, that he will forgive us for the things that we've done wrong. But Lord, until then, we ask that your sanctifying power would continue to wash us uh, in, the, in the gospel, would continue to bathe us in the mysteries of the gospel, that we would continue to put on Christ and walk in ways that are pleasing to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
right, I'll ask everyone to 